Proving Donald Trump right, the leftists and the liberals could not help themselves. It looks like riots are back on the menu, boys, because people headed down to Portland and they started to act a fool. And the feds crushed these riots with some of the most, I don't want to say brutal, but let's just say decisive and immediate action. The videos posted by Andy No of many of the clips down from on the ground in Portland. It's actually kind of incredible, but we're not just talking about Portland. As many of you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. It was announced last night and uh, rest in peace with the utmost respect. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg led an amazing life. Donald Trump gave a, a, a nice heart, uh, heartfelt statement about her career. And uh, she really was. She was a very strong individual who served this country. And even though you may disagree with her, and of course, many people do, her service, you know, uh, she was someone who dedicated her life to this country and what she believed was right. And that is 100% respectable. And now the Republicans had a chance to replace her. And of course, you now have resistance type liberals. The They're not necessarily far left. They're just tribalists screaming, burn it all down. Donald Trump has been handed a re-election silver platter. And I don't know if Donald Trump is going to landslide. I know a lot of people like to say Trump landslide. And it may be the case. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to suggest this. I mean, uh, when it comes to the economy, Donald Trump's approval rating is way higher than Joe Biden. Or I should say, uh, Donald Trump's approval rating on the economy is really, really good. And when it comes to the you know, likely voters' thoughts on who would do a better job, Trump wins on the economy. And as you all know, it's the economy, stupid. But Trump does uh, Trump doesn't uh, have some weak points when it comes to health care for the most part. However, Donald Trump has been screaming law and order nonstop for the past several months because the riots won't stop. Now, I'll tell you what made me just basically say, you know what? I'm now a 2A gun owner. I don't want any gun control stuff. I'm done with this. It was the riots. Um, you, you may notice I'm in a different room right now. We're setting up a new studio somewhere else, partly because I don't want to be anywhere near these cities. And I was right. And I, I, and, I, and I told myself this years ago when I left New York City, I said, being in these dense urban centers, it's, it's, it's a really, really bad idea because I saw the politics. I saw what was going on. I saw the escalation of violence and tactics. And I said, don't want to be surrounded by a bunch of people living in cubicles on top of each other in a place that smells like sour milk. Sounds like a bad idea, right? Plus, you can't defend yourself. And as we all saw during the riots in New York City, there was the, there was one guy who put out a tweet. He was a leftist. He was a gun control guy. When a fight broke out, I believe it was actually inside his apartment building. He called 911 and they said, Sir, the city is under attack. What would you have us do? That's right. The police can't protect you, even in a big city. I got out. And you know, a lot of people said, Tim, you're exaggerating. You're being hyperbolic. Look at the riots that have taken place in Portland. I know I don't live in Portland. It's just one city. But we've seen riots in Lancaster, Kenosha, etc. They've popped up in many smaller towns, too, that most people don't even know about. And now the far left is active again in Portland, albeit the, the feds this is amazing. I got I to tell you, man, the feds smoked out the whole area with a dense, thick fog. You can't see anything. And then police ran up behind Antifa and just grabbed them and started. It was it was I, I, <laughs> I don't I don't understand why they did this in the first place. But I think now it's because they showed up to an ICE building, a direct assault on a federal building. I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Barr goes sedition on some of these people for attacking the feds. You got to see these videos, man. These people having shields and umbrellas marching like a phalanx towards the police line. Tear gas comes out. And then all of a sudden you see behind the, the, the extremists, cop, the, the feds come in and just snatch them up, putting it down, ending it like that. 
And there's some video of dude getting punched several times on the ground. And I'm like, you get in a territory I do not like, but I don't like the rioters. I don't like the extremists. And now here's the big problem. Joe Biden tried disavowing the riots. And guess what? They're yours now, baby, because all of these resistance liberals and high profile blue checks are screaming, burn it down, riot. Do not let them replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Congratulations, good sir. All your hard effort in saying that you do not condemn. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you don't condemn. I'll put it that way. Joe Biden has tried saying the riot and the violence is bad. Peaceful protests. Congratulations, though. The liberals, your resistance, whatever's and the far left are now in agreement. We riot and they don't agree about anything. I have one one tweet from a from a high profile socialist saying we don't care about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We're not going to vote for Joe Biden. And you got the resistance left saying, burn it all down. This is war. I'm sorry. Democrats own the riots now. You have just handed Donald Trump a gift on a silver platter because they could not help themselves. And that's been the story the entire time, right? The reason why Donald Trump has consistently done well is that they have never stopped to think about their actions. The far left and the Democrats, whatever that weird coalition is, the entire time, they haven't actually thought about what they're doing. There's no leadership. There's no unity. And there you go. Because of this, they're, they're falling apart. Take a look at this story. Portland protests. You see it just updated in real time. Isn't that interesting? Portland protests resume 11 arrested in unlawful assembly. As the smoke finally clears, demonstrations resume, this time in South Portland. They called for, what did they say? Be, be water, spread fire after the uh, smoke from the wildfires was raging. And I guess many people were claiming that the riots stopped because of the wildfires. I don't think so. I think it's because a lot of the organizers got arrested. Well, of course, now you still had Antifa and Black Lives Matter show up and attack an ICE building. The only thing is there weren't that many there. Yeah, the, the numbers weren't out. Uh, they, they, they had enough people and they were throwing stuff at cops. But no. No big numbers like we've seen in the past. And ICE just crushed it. I think it was obvious it was going to happen. I got to tell you, man, these videos. But check this out. I'll tell you why this is so bad for, uh, for Joe Biden and the Democrats. They are handing Trump a gift. As many of you have seen, I constantly reference the civics registered voter net, net support for Black Lives Matter. It's at net 9%, down from 18 before the George Floyd incident. They have destroyed themselves. But let's bring it to uh, um, my friend, Mr. Phil That Remains on YouTube, who has a nice thread aggregating some of the more insane things the left is saying. And I got to stop right here. Pause for a second. You know what Donald Trump is saying? Do you know what Republicans and conservatives are saying? I'm sorry, man. The conservatives right now are saying vote. The conservatives right now are saying appoint the Supreme Court nominee. Donald Trump is saying with respect to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And the left is saying, burn it all down. High profile, blue checkmark leftists posting people's like private information, marching to their homes. Is that what the American people want? Now, maybe they'll cheat. I don't know. Maybe they're going to cheat. And then Trump can't win. But I'll tell you this. I have to imagine regular Americans. You know, uh, I've talked to so many people who have told me that the riots really flipped them away from the Democrats. They are sick and tired of the violence. They are sick and tired of the media and the smears. They just don't care. The Democrats have pushed them too hard and they're pushing harder and harder every day. I think about it like this. You come to me and say, yo, Orange Man is bad. I'm like, man, you're right. He is kind of bad. And you go, yeah, right. Yeah. 
And then you start screaming it again. Say the orange man. I'm like, okay, dude, I get it. He's bad. Then they start beating me over the face with it nonstop all day, every day, nothing else. And finally, I'm like, enough. Let the poor guy have a chance to do his job. I've heard people tell me that too, that they don't know much about politics, but the media just, it won't stop picking on him. So now they're like, give him another, give him a chance. Maybe, maybe the media this time will leave him alone. He can do his job. And so what do you see right now? Regular people. Okay. I'm a left-leaning independent voter. I, that's, that's been the case for a long time. I'm kind of the, you know, I'm the milk toast fence sitter. And uh, look, I didn't want to vote for Trump. I supported Tulsi and Yang in the primary. I, you guys probably know that if you follow my content. And uh, with the riots, I was just like, I can't, I can't do it with these people. Because Kamala Harris was soliciting donations for them. Joe Biden's staff was doing the same. Joe Biden wants to come out and denounce it. He won't say Black Lives Matter. He won't say Antifa. And now his own supporters are screaming, burn it down. It's for Trump. That's it. You, you know what? There's, what are they going to say at this point? They go to. There's, I can't imagine a debate will happen. Donald Trump's going to go debate Joe Biden, and he's going to say, "Joe, every one of your supporters on, on on social media, they're calling for violence. They're calling for riots. They're saying burn it down. This is war. What do you have to say about that? Well, you know, I disavow. You just call him out by name. What about your staff bailing these people out? That's a lie. You're a liar, Joe Biden. Check this out. Blue check mark. Dr. Dana Hanna, block the nomination and burn it all down. Phil That Remains tweets this uh, exchange from Alyssa Mastro. I realize I'm basically a stoner who makes jam at this point, but uh, Schumer is going to shut down the Senate or we burn it down, right? This can't be a foregone conclusion. Laura Bassett, if McConnell jams someone through, which he will, there will be riots. Bo Willman, we're shutting this country down if Trump and McConnell try to ram through an appointment before the election. Reza Aslan, if they tr- even try to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg, we burn the entire effing thing down. Then we have Aaron's book, Daddy File, saying, F no, burn it all down. You have M. McFarland burn Congress down before letting Trump try to appoint anyone to SCOTUS. More, more posts. And these are just regular. Uh, I think this, my, I don't know. Who's this one? Not a blue check mark. I don't think you morons understand. So maybe let me try to be clearer. Do this. And it's M. Effing war. Charlotte Clymer. Democrat, uh, uh, progressive, we're now walking to Mitch McConnell's house to protest. Are you nuts? You know what, man? Even if I wanted Democrats to win on some kind of policy, you know, you know, Joe Biden's talked about like legalizing pot or something. <laughs> I don't even know at this point because it doesn't matter to me. We can have the pot conversation later. And I tweet about it all the time that nonviolent drug offenses should be, should be, uh, 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 drug offenders should be released, pardoned, et cetera, with review because there's plea agreements. It's a little bit more complicated, but I'm, I'm, I'm very libertarian on the issue of, uh, uh, of nonviolent drug offense. Joe Biden's got a strong stance there. Well, not a strong stance, but he's got he's got that issue listed on his site. We can't even have a conversation about it because these people are screaming in my ears like psychotic, like like lunatics. And they're running around like chickens with their heads cut off and banging on walls like a like a zombie NPC horde, just like gargling. I'm just I, I can't I can't have a conversation with you guys. The other night we did on the IRL podcast. I have Drew Holden, who is a, a, a great a political commentator. He's on Twitter. You can check him out. And we were talking and I'm like, you're like a, Chris, a Catholic conservative. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, man, I'm like a secular liberal. Here we are having a good conversation about liberties, moral foundations, what we do next as a country, who should win. And we are like not aligned on political policy issues, tax issues or, or like issues of life versus, you know, pro-life versus pro-choice. And here we are having a good old time laughing with each other, being like, these people are nuts. 
So what am I supposed to do? I'd love to get a, you know, uh, it's, it's, you know, what I got to tell you, man, it's insane that I would even consider calling uh, these people liberals or moderates because I want a liberal. I, I, I am liberal. I want someone who represents me, but we don't have that. Joe Biden's sleepy, creepy Joe's falling asleep and everyone around him is screaming at the top of their lungs, like blood curling screams. And I actually got a, uh, a tweet to show you. It's this image. Another sane reaction to RBG's death. This video is going insanely viral. This is, I'm sorry, man, with all due respect to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, because I think she led an incredible life and she was one of the strongest people to ever serve this country. And that's true, man. I mean, that's, that's a fact. She, she pushed through, she had cancer several times, she had operations, she had sickness, and she refused to back down. She stood her ground. And eventually she just, you know, she, she passed. Everybody has their time. So I have tremendous respect for her. And uh, I disagree with some of the things I, she probably stood for. Yeah, uh, admittedly, a lot of the work she did was well before my time and well before I was even alive. What we're seeing now is, I guess, as people are describing it, it's like Donald Trump winning all over again. I mean, as Drew, Drew said on the podcast last night, this woman posting this video where she's just screaming, why would you make this video? I'm a regular dude, right? I guess not. I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I've, I've thought about my political opinions form in my, my stupid little closet studio. Uh, uh, it's not really. But uh, they, 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 for, I, they form by me reading a bunch of different news sources. I don't sit down and have conversations with a few close friends and talk to them about what they think. I don't have uh, uh, co-workers where I'm like, what do you think? I read the news, I come up with ideas, and I just want a moderate individual. Donald Trump has been moderate, but he's also a populist, and he's also a nationalist. These people are unhinged. I don't, I don't, look, I would rather walk up to a Trump guy, like a 55-year-old 50, guy with a big old beer belly, and he's got a Trump, Trump, Trump shirt on, and he's waving a flag, and he's like sitting in a rascal, and he's got like a six-pack of beers and a big hoagie, and he's like, <laughs> America. And I'm like, I can talk to that man. I can walk up to him and be like, you love America, sir? Yeah, you betcha. America. I'm like, all right, that, I, I get that, right? And he can be like, you know, God's guns and, and, you know, and Trump or whatever. And I'll be like, that I understand. It's a, you know, not the most articulate conversation, but uh, it's calm, ras rational, and you've expressed your, your, your sentiment. You walk up to these people and they're going, ah! okay, I, <laughs> I have no idea what you're doing. And you're just riding and, 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 and burning everything down. So Phil's got another post. Uh, look, there's, there's another guy. I mean, look at look at this. It's just burn Mitch McConnell's house down. This guy, this guy tweeted this. Mount up. You dare try and replace her right now, and there will be war. That's a promise. Okay. Regular America. Regular people. Undecided voters. Please. You know what, man? Uh, I, I just think Trump has to win. I do. I've had so many conversations with people about you know, who ends the riots and what needs to be done. And sure, let me tell you this. Maybe these people will stop rioting if you give them what they want and bend the knee. But do you want to live on your knees or do you want to live on your feet? A Donald Trump presidency just shuts all this down. He, sh he shut down the riots for at least a week. The riots came back and I crushed them. I mean, you got to watch these videos. They, they did a flanking maneuver with a smoke screen. I've never seen any like, anything like it at any protest. The, the amount of Antifa that showed up in Portland was like nothing. It was like 10 or 12 people. And they were marching with their little umbrellas. Morons. People on their balcony apparently like threw an egg down at them. And they're like, we got you on camera, man. It's like, shut up. Nobody likes you. You people are insane. Regular, I, 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 I order stuff from Portland. 
because they do actually have some really great small business, some food and stuff. And and these are regular people. I, I ordered I ordered something recently from a company that produces sauce. And in it, they, they said uh, the receipt says, thank you so much. God bless America. And I'm like, here, here. I'm not religious. I do love America, but I respect you saying God bless America. I, to- I you know, I, I I'm totally uh, I'm totally for that. I get it. There's to me nothing offensive or shocking about saying that. These people want to burn and destroy everything. So regular people, we're at a point now where, you know, I've talked to some, some people and they've said, you know, uh, I, I don't know if Trump should win. He's kind of crazy. And I'm like, listen, three historic peace agreements, withdrawing our troops. I am happy with that. All right. There's a lot of things he hasn't done right. I get it. There's a lot of things he could do better. You know it. But compare that to Biden. What's Biden going to do with these people? He's going to say, oh, look, look fat. You want to burn it all down? I'll give you whatever you want. Here's my wallet. Just please don't. You know, come on, man. Is that what you want? Or do you want the guy who's going to be like, no, no, excuse me. Lock them up. Lock them up. Send in the troops. I don't, I don't, I don't work under duress or threats. Now, Donald Trump has put out these videos and ad campaigns and so Republicans saying in Biden's America, there will be violence and destruction. I think there will be a little bit. I do, but I do think the violence will be worse under uh, uh, if, if Trump gets reelected. But it's because it's them. It's not Trump supporters doing this. It's not regular Americans. It's not independent voters like us. It is lunatic far leftists who are running around burning everything down because they demand we give in to their terror. No. I say to you, America, tell these people no. Tell them to F off. If they think we, as Americans, are the kind of people who will drop to our knees and plead, please, just, I'll give you anything you want if you stop rioting. No, we're the country that stood up, locked and loaded, and said, hey, Britain, <laughs> F you. That's what America's all about. And we've created a, a truly amazing country we have. These people want to burn it all down. Let them have it. Let them say it. And let Trump go in with law enforcement like they're supposed to and arrest the criminals who would try and destroy our lives. Let's get back to business. Let's live our lives again. Let's find out how to be there for our friends and our families. Let's not let these people put put a a figurative knife to our throats and scream in our ears at close range. You better give me what I want or else. Because you know what my response would be? I would le- I would rather die on my feet than live on my knees. We are Americans. This country was founded on individual liberties, the, the consent of the governed, and you will not extort us. So I hope. So I hope. It could very well be that a lot of people are scared. You know, I, I've really had these, con- I've had conversations with, uh, with people who are like, I just want the violence to stop. I'm scared. And I said, do not give in. If you negotiate with terrorists, they realize it works and they will keep doing it. You tell them, screw off. You will never coerce me. In fact, you come at me with threats. I'm going to go vote for Trump. C- congratulations. You wanted to burn down these cities. I said, okay, then I'm voting for Trump. Is that what you wanted? No, you thought you were going to force me to vote for your guy by threatening me. I'll go vote for Trump. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell other people to vote for Trump. For every for every one person you try to coerce into voting for Joe Biden because you think he's going to be amenable or or he's going to be malleable to your causes and you can push him in a progressive direction. You want to threaten people? Then I will go out and try and convince two more people to replace the one you coerced. 
I've never been a big fan of, of Donald Trump. And we had this conversation last night that Trump d- does not have the professional demeanor. He's he doesn't have the integrity that, you know, he's he is a, a an off the cuff entertainment personality. And that was big for a lot of people because, you know, this is the highest office in the land, maybe even the world for a lot of people. And we got Donald Trump. But you know what? A good point to be made. As much as I can disagree with all that stuff and I can roll my eyes at it and go, oh, here we go again with Trump. And, you know, well, I need something effective right now. And Trump is effective. The economy was fantastic up until the COVID hit. I am going to blame Trump for a natural disaster, but they're counting on you forgetting. That's the game. They're counting on you forgetting because in an election year, a month is a lifetime. 2020, what does it feel like? 10 years already. And at the same time, time is flying by. It's kind of a weird year, huh? But they're hoping that you forget three years of prosperity. They're hoping you forget three years of the best numbers of our lives. I won't forget that. And Americans, for the most part, aren't either. That's why Trump is winning on the economy. So you want to come and, and, and point a figurative gun to my head. I'm not playing these games, dude. I'll vote for Donald Trump. You see, here's a statement from the president on the passing of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. He says, today, our nation mourns the loss of a titan of the law. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg served more than 27 years as an associate justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. Notably, just the second woman to be appointed to the court. She was a loving wife to her late husband, Martin, and a dedicated mother to her two children, renowned for her brilliant mind and her powerful dissents at the Supreme Court. Justice Ginsburg demonstrated that one can disagree without being disagreeable towards one's colleagues or different points of view. Her opinions, including well-known decisions regarding the legal equality of women and the disabled, have inspired all Americans and generations of great legal minds. A fighter to the end, Justice Ginsburg battled cancer and, and other very long odds throughout her remarkable life. Our thoughts and prayers are with the Ginsburg family and their loved ones during this difficult time. May her memory be a great and magnificent blessing to the world. With tremendous respect, Trump, and with tremendous respect to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I this is the kind of stuff that uh, I like and is inspirational. Donald Trump giving a professional and heartfelt statement on the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. There are a lot of Trump supporters who are making jokes and posting memes and mocking her death and things like that. And I, 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 do, I absolutely detest it. But the one thing they're not doing is calling for violence. And so I'm sorry if you told me I got two people in front of me, one guy's mocking and laughing this woman who died and the other person's lighting a fire. I'm going to be like, I'm going to go with the mean dude because he's not hitting anybody. You can say mean words, man. It doesn't affect me. I'll go about my business. But if I stand next to that guy, you're going to burn my house down. I I have tremendous respect for the statement Trump put out. Uh, Joe Biden also gave a statement that was also heartfelt as well. I just don't think Joe Biden's got it. And I think these people who support him are insane. So. I just, uh, I, I do think we're headed towards riots, man. I think, uh, but I think Trump is going to crush them like we saw in Portland. It, 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 I'm, I'm not kidding with these videos, man. I hope we make it through November, huh? I got to say, my, my final thought, just to reiterate one more time, all of these lunatics screaming, burn it down, this is war. They're going to go out and riot because Mitch McConnell's going to push through a, a nominee and Trump will be uh, happy. He will. Because you will have proved his point just before the election that the left is a bunch of violent lunatics who want to burn everything down unless they get their way. And the American people do not give in to that coercion. Many do. But America is founded on defiant people who march around refusing to wear masks. I get it. In big cities, they wear their masks. The point is, we, we, we've, we, are, we are pioneers. This country was founded on people who left their homes this is the, the great melting pot of the world from the, the original colonists all the way to the immigrants 
and everybody who came here who left where they were to find a new life to challenge themselves, but find that American dream. And they did. It's because they said, I know what I have to do to find a better way. They're not the people who say, I'm going to take this lying down. They're not the people who were facing a despotic home country and said, I guess I'll just sit here and take it. No, they got up and they changed their circumstances. The country was founded on this. And even the immigrants who come here every single day are following that same path that I want these freedoms and I want the American dream. These are people who stood up and said, I will take action. You will not coerce us.
Hey guys, welcome to the Liberal Hive Mind, a channel solely focused on exposing the abundant hypocrisy of the left. Joe Biden is in trouble, and not because of Trump, not because of his own doing, but because Kamala might be scheming on the man. Now we all know Kamala Harris. She's always got her eyes on power, her eyes on the next jump forward. We've seen it throughout her entire career. She is seemingly ambitious to an unprecedented degree. And now, as the VP pick for Joe Biden, who stated on multiple occasions that he views himself as a transitional candidate, and of course, as we've heard tons of speculation about whether or not he'll actually be able to make it through his entire first term, Kamala's already getting ready for what she views as the Harris administration. Could have been a Freudian slip, could have just been an accident, but it seems a little too coincidental, giving all of the conversation. And Joe Biden, if you ever share a glass of water with her, you might want to make her drink first before you take a sip. But man, I gotta show you guys this clip. And then of course, we just gotta talk about Joe Biden again in general. I've pretty much been covering every day of his campaign because it's filled with gaffes and goofs, and today's no different because he just landed in Florida. A buddy that I work with to make these videos, we had a conversation this morning about what pieces we were going to cover, and I literally told him Joe Biden just landed in Florida about 45 minutes ago, so let's wait about an hour and a half, and I guarantee you there's going to be a ton of content. Lo and behold, here I am. We got a lot to talk about, so before we get into any of it though, please make sure to leave a like, a comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell to be notified every single time I post a new video, since that's by far the best thing you can do to support the channel. Now with that out of the way, let's roll the tape. Alright, so here's the first story. Kamala Harris accidentally touts plan under Harris administration during virtual roundtable. Joe better hire a food taster, one critic advised the former VP. And actually, now that I read that quote, that's pretty much exactly what I said in the intro. You can just smell the lust for power in Kamala's subconscious. And let me show you guys that clip, actually. A Harris administration together with Joe Biden. A Harris administration together with Joe Biden. Under the Harris administration, she's already getting ready. And really the question is, was that a Freudian slip? Now there's been speculation basically since the start of the Joe Biden campaign that is this man a Trojan horse? Is he being used as a vessel by either the radical left or of course the Democrat establishment just as a pawn to get into office? But in reality, everyone else is pulling the strings. And personally, in my opinion, this pretty much proves it. It seems as though Kamala Harris is going to have maybe a little bit more influence than a regular vice president would. Frankly, it seems as though she has intent on taking over the office, maybe to a certain extent. Now, of course, that's just speculation, but it's speculation for a reason. Like President Trump's been saying all along, Joe Biden doesn't even know he's alive, and maybe they're even coercing him to think that he's Kamala Harris's vice president. Now, obviously making a little joke, but the reason I say that is because he literally said this in his most recent speech in Tampa Bay, Florida. Biden lets the truth slip, refers to a Harris-Biden administration in Tampa speech. Check it out. Harris-Biden administration is going to relaunch that effort and keep pushing. Now, I don't know if this is a virtue signal to just put the female candidate first. It's probably just a regular Joe Biden gaffe, but it is a little bit funny because of the context. And really what's important here is if, in fact, it is a Kamala Harris administration or she has a serious impact on the way that the Biden administration heads in terms of their policy decisions, if she's the one steering the ship, we're talking about serious radical left. We've already spoken about the fact that her and Bernie Sanders voted similarly, voted yes on 96% of bills proposed. That within itself speaks the message. But she's been basically saying it herself. Look at this article right here. It says Kamala Harris promises she and Joe Biden will be more progressive on police reform. What exactly that means, it can mean a million different things. But if it's headed down the rabbit hole of progressiveness that we've seen over the last couple months, then that means defunding the police, which Joe Biden has agreed to before. He flip-flopped on that one specifically. But when it comes to these establishment politicians, you really never know what they actually mean until they do it. They tell you one thing to your face and do a complete other behind the scenes or when in office. 
Harris. But I personally think Kamala Harris has intent to govern. Generally, a vice president is following the president. Whatever step he takes, they either mirror or try to amplify. But in this case, in a Harris-Biden administration, I'd expect Kamala Harris to very often put herself at the forefront. In fact, I'd probably expect Joe Biden to probably put her at the forefront considering his feeble state right now. The man keeps canceling campaign events and entire days of events because he just can't keep up with the rigorous schedule. So I don't think it's a very far stretch to make that assumption, frankly. And specifically, let's talk about Joe Biden because obviously, considering the amount of views that the Joe Biden videos that I make get, I know that this is probably one of your most favorite topics. Whatever you want, wherever the demand is, that's what I'll give you. And like I always say, Joe Biden landed in Florida and you know that literally the moment the man lands, before even opening his mouth, there's content. Literally. I'm not saying that in a facetious manner. The moment that plane landed and he got out, we have someone to talk about. Check this out. Biden departs plane in Tampa, waves at an empty field. The candidate for president in this race is walking off the plane, arriving in Florida just moments ago. Former Vice President Joe Biden, he's there to try to court the now, obviously, we can't see the entire thing. Maybe he was waving at someone. Maybe he was trying to wave at the fire truck that was there. But the optics are just so funny. It literally looked like he was looking down the field and waving into the vastness. And speaking of vast, speaking of what the lady that I just showed you guys in the video said, there's nobody there. Once again, the moment his caravan starts moving towards Tampa Bay, unlike Trump, who's usually always greeted with thousands, hundreds of fans, there wasn't a single Joe Biden supporter. Just like last time, the streets were riddled with Trump supporters. Check this out. Trump supporters line the streets to greet Joe Biden in Tampa, Florida. Zero Biden supporters. And here we got the picture right here where it says socialism destroys freedom. The optics are absolutely beautiful. In fact, ever since Joe Biden stepped foot in Kenosha, he's been to a bunch of different places. And the only Joe Biden supporter that we've seen so far was this guy. Uncle Joe! You guys have to admit, this whole Joe Biden campaign has just been inherently comical. As much as a travesty, personally, that I'd believe it would be if he did, in fact, win his bid to the Oval Office, there's a silver lining to everything, and at least we had fun, and maybe we'll have fun for four years as we cover the absolute lunacy, which would be a Harris-Biden administration. But let's not entertain that too much, because A, I hope it never happens, and B, I don't think it's gonna happen. But I guess the point that I was trying to make is that conservatives and centrists and normal people, regardless of whether or not they're candidate wins, will accept the results of an election, move on, and try to make the best of it, like I stated the silver lining. But the Democrats and never-Trumpers, on the other hand, we have seen their inability to accept a duly elected president and an absolute refusal to believe that anything but Russia collusion is the reason for the president's victory. And 2020 is looking to potentially be even worse than that. Check this out right here. No surprise, the Transition Integrity Project is working to remove President Trump from office no matter what, has connections to China, Soros, Obama, and Hunter Biden. The Transition Integrity Project, the antithesis of integrity, is building up an army of Trump and American haters in an effort to remove President Trump from office no matter what, aka what we already saw in 2016, the impeachment hoax which was seemingly never ending, but this is exactly what you'd expect. If the president wins, we know that there's going to be endless investigations. It's why it's so imperative that if the president wins, for his second term to be useful at all, the Republicans need to win the House, the Senate, and the Oval Office. From 2016 to 2017, the president was 
making sweeping changes and they were just blasting out bills. 2018, based on the whole Russiagate narrative, I feel like Americans voted the Democrats in the House and what did we see from 2018 to 2020? Absolutely nothing but obstruction. Nancy Pelosi playing politics with the American people and American taxpayer dollars. So it's more than just winning 2020. If the president wins, we know there's going to be violence on the streets, there's going to be an attempt to impeach, investigations, endless obstruction, and the only way to ensure an actual successful second term is like the brilliant AOC referred to all of those months or maybe even a year or two years ago, the three chambers of government, the presidency, the House, and the Senate. To make sure that we take back all three chambers of Congress, uh, rather all three chambers of government, the presidency, the Senate, and the House in 2020. Because of course, the last thing that America really needs is Joe Biden at the helm of foreign policy. The man can't even get the country straight. Check this out. Joe Biden confuses Iran and Iraq as he is reading from notes in Tampa's speech. The whole thing's an absolute mess. And just imagine the president who's been securing peace deal after peace deal in the Middle East and Joe Biden who just can't even get it straight. And so does it really surprise you that Kamala Harris is already setting her eyes on the Harris administration? Does it surprise you that people are seeing the Harris-Biden administration. I mean, it's not to be mean or anything, but if you have eyeballs and the ability to think critically, I feel like most people are coming to this conclusion, or at least it's a thought that comes into most people's heads. But I've been in your head for a little bit too long on this video. I've said what I had to say, and we'll just end it at that. Now, if you guys enjoyed the video, please make sure to leave a like, a comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell to be notified every single time I post a new video, since that's by far the best thing you can do to support the channel. Follow me on Twitter, links in the description, and check out my subscribe star. Link is also in the description. Now it's time for me to get back to cooking up some more content for you guys. I want to Thank you for watching, and I'll see you on the next one.
Donald Trump, the multi-millionaire real estate developer, is sounding more like a politician these days than America's most grandiose and controversial builder. When he disagrees with a matter of policy, he does it in a big way. Today, he sunk $95,000 into a full-page newspaper ad appearing in many papers criticizing the administration's foreign policy. Rumblings in the Trump camp point as far as the presidency. Could the Manhattan magnet be eyeing the White House, or is he just calling a bluff? Are you a Republican, Donald? I'm a Republican, yes. So if there were politics, it would be as a Republican? It would be, I guess, as a Republican, but I don't see that there will be pro right. politics. Why the ad, then? I mean, you said you wanted to say it. There's a lot of ways you can say things. I guess an ad is one way. You could have called up shows like this who would have been trying to have you come on. Why now? Well, it was very easy. I was tired, and I think a lot of people are tired of watching other countries ripping off the United States. This is a great country. They laugh at us. Behind our backs, they laugh at us because of our own stupidity and the, the leaders. I mean, what we have, we have a Persian Gulf situation. You saw what happened today. Billions and billions of dollars are being spent on getting oil for Japan, and they're not paying anything for it. Essentially, they're paying nothing for it. We have tankers going back and forth that our men are protecting, losing their lives. I mean, they're losing their lives, Larry. We're spending billions and billions on protection, and those tankers are going over to Japan. Uh, it's, it's just preposterous. I watched the Kuwaiti oil minister the other day laughing as he was explaining how much money they intend to make with the Bridgeton, which has been a total disaster, the Bridgeton. Uh, and I said to myself, isn't that a shame? He's talking about how much money they're going to make, and here we are. He's smiling and laughing. Why don't we get some of it? Why is it that we're protecting? We have frogmen, we have helicopters, we have aircraft carriers, and all sorts of ships all over the Persian Gulf, so that this man and his little group can make a lot of money. I think it's ridiculous. Well, one of, the, one of the reasons we say we're doing it is because we've been doing it, and that all previous presidents have endorsed doing it. I guess the kind of thinking of an entrepreneur is because somebody else said it was right, doesn't make it right, right? Larry, the country is losing $200 billion a year. $200 billion. This country cannot continue to lose $200 billion. Japan is one of the wealthiest machines ever created. Saudi Arabia, and it's not, hey, let me tell you, I'm a big beneficiary of Japan. They buy my apartments in spades. They're fine people. But they must be, they're laughing to themselves as to what's happening over here. We're not kidding ourselves. They're laughing to themselves, Larry, as to what's happening right. in this country. Uh, but, uh, Donald, uh, a lot of people feel the way you feel, and a lot of people maybe with as much money, or certainly some people with as much money feel the way you feel. Why did you go public? Because somebody had to, Larry. I watch it again, and it's a very important point. Japan is a money machine. Saudi Arabia is a money machine. Kuwait, these are money machines, the greatest ever created. The United States is, if it were a corporation, it would be bankrupt. It's losing $200 billion a year. For years now, it's been losing that. What right do we have to go out and defend? Why aren't these countries, these wealthy money machines, paying us for the defense of their freedom and their nations? Why aren't mm. they paying us? We are kind of the world's keeper, are we not? I don't believe we should be. I think Japan should certainly make a contribution. Japan is, is one of the reasons they're so successful is they don't have to worry about defense, because why should they worry about defense when the United States will do it for nothing? I mean, it's crazy. Saudi Arabia, I mean, you saw what happened with Saudi Arabia. We're going through the Gulf. We have old-fashioned, obsolete uh, uh, minesweepers. We ask Saudi Arabia for the use of their minesweepers, which are the best made, the most modern, the best, and they say no. Who are they to tell us no? We're not going to give you our minesweepers. It's ridiculous. They're only there. They're only there for the sake of us as far as that's concerned. 
we are protective of Saudi Arabia. They should pay for that. Are we going to be hearing more from Mr. Trump on issues like this as we go along? I really don't know, Larry. This is an issue that's been bothering me. It's been bothering a lot of people that I know, and I think it's an issue that had to be brought out to the fore. The, the concept of America financing and paying and losing lives for countries that won't even allow us to use their ships and these are the countries that in 24 hours they'd be wiped off the face of the earth if it weren't for America. It's ridiculous. Um, by the way, a couple of other things, then we'll take some calls for Donald Trump. Uh, is it true that you're going to go to New Hampshire in October at the invitation of Mike Dunbar, who's heading a group called Draft Donald Trump? Well, I was asked about three or four weeks ago whether or not, by a very good friend of mine, whether or not I'd go to New Hampshire. That's turned out to be now a much bigger deal than mm. I had ever anticipated. And perhaps, uh, I don't know, I, I am going. I made the commitment to go. I made the commitment about three weeks ago. And I will go, yes. You will go. Even though you realize now, in just setting foot in that state, people are going to presume things. Well, they can presume whatever they want. I have no intention of running for president, but I'd like the point to get across that we have a great country, but it's not going to be great for long if we're going to continue to lose $200 billion a year. You're going to get into the early 90s, 1990, 1991, and the whole thing's going to blow because this country cannot continue to support Japan and Saudi Arabia and Kuwait and many other countries that are much wealthier than we are. We're not a wealthy country. You can't be a wealthy country when you're losing the kind of no. money that we're losing. We're a debtor country. A uh, couple of other things, then we'll break and take some calls. Don, why don't, uh, there are some who said this, why don't people like you, uh, you and people like you, build low-income, medium-income housing? Well, as far as building housing is concerned and low-income housing, I've built a lot of it. I haven't recently, but I've built a lot of it. I've built senior citizens' housing and beautiful, beautiful housing. I've built low-income housing, and I'm very proud of it. The policies of the government right now just don't allow it because really what's happened by the tax incentives that were taken away and by the lack of federal programs. You used to have federal programs, you don't have them anymore. And it really doesn't allow it to be done on any economic basis. And it's a pretty rough situation. I mean, you just don't have subsidized housing, low income, moderate income housing, and it's a really big problem. And if, if they did, you would do it? I would absolutely love to do it. I'd be honored to do it. I used to do it. I mean, people think of me in terms of Trump Tower and all the other jobs. I'm just as proud. I mean, you folks don't talk about it because maybe it's not as interesting to some people. I am, frankly, just as proud of all the low income and the senior citizen housing I've built. Well, so far, it's the only buildings I've asked about. Yeah. Uh, uh, casinos. You're very big in Atlantic City. You're going to Vegas? Well, I don't think so. I, I'm not uh, looking to go to Las Vegas. I have stock in companies that are in Las Vegas. and. I'm not particularly looking to do it. We've done a great job in Atlantic City. I'm very proud of the results. We have just about the best casinos, I think, anywhere in the world, as far as that's concerned, hotel casinos. And we're very proud of it, and, and that's really pretty much where I want to be. What's the drive, Donald, that you don't have to do this anymore, that keeps you wanting to build more and more? Well, it's a creative process. I enjoy the creative process. I like building things. I like building beautiful buildings. I like doing other things. I've been doing a lot of other things. It's a creative process, Larry, and it's, it really gives you something to do with your life, and it's something that you can feel fulfilled and proud of when you're finished, if you do, do a good job. Do you want a break because of what you do? In other words, are you saying to New York and other places, I'll come in and do this. Please give me what you will not give someone else. No, I'm not looking for breaks. I, I think I probably would have a harder time getting breaks. I mean, you talk about Ed Koch. The man tried to fight me on so many different things, and he's failed. In each case, he's failed, and that's nice. I like beating I really get a, a charge out of beating, beating Ed Koch, and, you know, it's just one of those things. But he's fought me on a lot of different things. He's consistently fought me, 
and he's consistently lost. Nurse, you don't want more, more or less than anyone else would get. I don't want more or less than anybody else, no. Donald Trump is our guest. He spoke out quite, quite vociferously today uh, in the New York Times and other papers in a major statement on American foreign policy. He's the noted, of course, builder, and we're going to take your phone calls for Donald Trump. Our guest, the famed developer, Donald Trump of New York. We're ready to go to your phone calls. Redlands, California. Hello. Hello, sir. Uh, comment and a couple of quick questions. Uh, I think it'd be, it would be really a big mistake for the United States to attempt to tax its allies for protection because that would demote them to the role of a client state of the United States. And secondly, I think it'd also be pretty unconstitutional because the Congress has the authority to raise armies by, and support them with taxes for the defense of the United States not to be hired out as a mercenary force. All right, Donald. Well, number one, it wouldn't at all be unconstitutional. And number two, if you're talking about taxing, I'm not talking about taxing. I think that people should make a contribution and a major contribution, other countries, to this country for what we're doing to keep their freedom and to keep them free and to allow them to be free. And would you rather have that or would you rather see this country to go totally bust in another couple of years because this country cannot afford to defend Japan and every other country in the world. It, it just cannot be, afford it. It wouldn't be a tax. It would be more a payment in kind like for landing space at airports, right? It would be, a, you could call it anything you want. No. To be perfectly honest, I don't care what it's called, but I think that Japan and all of these other countries should certainly pay. They can well afford to pay. Donald Trump's our guest. This is Larry King Live. We go to Toronto. Hello. Yes, good evening, Larry. My Hi. question for Mr. Trump, it's a two-part question relating to international trade. Is the solution to the American trade deficit to restrict trade through protectionist policies, or to train American business to be more aggressive and entrepreneurial. And I'd also like to know uh, if Mr. Trump would support a Canadian-U.S. free trade agreement. Well, I think, just to answer your first part, I believe it's very important that you have free trade. But we don't have free trade right now, because if you want to go to Japan, or if you want to go to Saudi Arabia or various other countries, it's virtually impossible for an American to do business in those countries. Virtually impossible. And I have many friends, they go over to Japan, they can't open up anything. They need approvals, they need this, that. In the meantime, Japan comes over to this country, they're buying up Wall Street, they're buying up all of Manhattan's real estate, they're buying, which is fine as far as I'm concerned, because they're paying premium prices that put people like myself in a very good position if I ever want to sell something. So the fact is that you don't have free trade. We think of it as free trade, but you right now don't have free trade. And I support anything having to do with Canada because I think they've been one hell of a good ally. Do you do any business in Canada? I do a little bit of business with Canada. And, and the Canadian people are wonderful people and they're with us 100%, as opposed to many other people in the world. We support so many countries that, I mean, you walk out on the airport and they say, Yankee, go home. They have signs all over, Yankee, go home, and we're giving billions. We don't give anything to our farmers. Our farmers are dying. There's no question about it. Farms that were in for generations and families, they're being taken away. The homeless are all over the streets of the major cities. The sick and the problems, and yet we'll give billions of dollars in defending countries that have five times more money than we can ever hope to have. It's ridiculous. By the way, if you put up one of your properties uh, for sale, let's say Trump Tower, would uh, the Japanese be at the head of the line bidding for it? Uh, they would be very tough to compete with them or some other countries, some other European countries right now because of what's happening with the dollar and the yen and the mark and the various other currencies. But the Japanese are at the forefront and it's very, very tough to compete with them in terms of the, the purchase of anything in this country that's prime. Middletown, New York for Donald Trump. Hello. Hi, Mr. Trump. Uh, oh, yeah. Knowing that you have differences with Mayor Koch in New York, would you be interested in a mayoral race against him? No, I don't want to run for the mayor of the city of New York. The, being mayor of New York is certainly not an easy job, but it's a job that's 
very possible to be done correctly. We have a man who's not a competent mayor. I think most people that live in New York know that. He's been bad for the city. He's losing a lot of business in the city, and he shouldn't be. And he's really been a pretty big disaster. And I think that probably over the next period of time, something's going to come out where he will not be the mayor of the city of New York, hopefully much longer. Uh, should this, the mayor of the city be someone who knows business? Well, what we need is competence. We don't have that. We have a one-line artist. That's all he is. And, you know, he's got uh, sort of one-liners that are okay but not great. And that's all he's got going, and it's a problem. It's a problem because we have the greatest city in the world. It's an incredible, incredible city, and I'm proud of the city. And I hate to see the job that he's done because it's really been pathetic. You're, uh, you have said uh, you have offered to build a huge metropolis on the west side. NBC apparently officials at NBC told me a couple of years ago that that's where they'd like to move. And now there are rumors that NBC may leave 30 Rock and go to New Jersey. But I had a top NBC official tell me he wanted to move to your plan on the west side. Where is that now? Well, I think we have a real good chance. You know, again, no thanks to Ed Koch, but I think we have a real good chance of getting NBC to stay in New York, and we're fighting very hard for it. We have a, a very, very good shot, and I anticipate that they'll be making the decision over the next four or five weeks and it'll be a very, very big decision, very important to the future of New York City. Lowell, Massachusetts, for Donald Trump. Hello. Yes, uh, hello, Larry. Uh, Hi. Donald, I want, first of all, I want to commend your stand in regards to uh, that other nations should take part in the expense of helping the Persian Gulf. Thank but you. my question to you is the following. You are a very wealthy man and have many contacts. Why can't you do more for the hungry and the homeless in New York? Well, I think, I think it's a very good question, and I'd like to. The it's problem fair. that you have, and you have a major problem, the problem that you have is you need, it's such a big, big dilemma. You really need federal government assistance, not even city government. The city governments have to be competent, capable, etc. But you really need the federal government to step in. That's why it bothers me so much that when we give this kind of money to the wealthiest countries in the world, and yet for our own people, the homeless, the, the sick, the poor, the farmers who are really going through hell right now, those people were not helping. And why should we? I think it's ridiculous. And this country shouldn't be raising taxes. We ought to be lowering taxes. We should have a surplus, not a deficit. Because the kind of money that I'm talking about, and you can call them, as the, man, as the gentleman before said, you can call it a tax, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but those countries should be paying us major billions of dollars, and you won't have any deficits whatsoever, and then we'll be able to help the poor and the sick and the homeless and the farmers and everybody else. Donald, what were you hearing today after that ad appeared? What were people telling you? I imagine you got tons of calls. It was unbelievable, to be perfectly honest. I put the ad in thinking maybe a couple of politicians would see it, and maybe they'd say, hey, you know what? That happens to be a great idea, and he happens to be right. We've gotten thousands of phone calls. We've gotten tremendous support. I've never seen anything like it. I have literally never, I never dreamt that this kind of reaction could have happened from taking a newspaper ad essentially saying, hey, we're making a mistake and this is what we should be doing. West Patterson, New Jersey. Hello. Hello. I'd like to, uh, hi, Larry. I want to ask uh, Mr. Trump a question about uh, the Japanese and uh, if they keep on buying up all the real estate in Hawaii and in New York, when they come to a point where uh, they will be dictating our policy and we're, we'll be afraid to move against them, I think it's almost to that point now, isn't there's it? A, there's a book out, Don, that uh, says that already exists, that Japan is, in a sense, wielding the rope with us. I believe it already is true to a large extent, and there's no reason for it to be. We had, if we had the right people, if we had the right people with the right instincts and business ability, there'd be no way that that could happen. And that's why I hate to see what I see. 
by the way, I like the Japanese very much. I do tremendous amounts of business with them. They, they do very well as far as I'm concerned. A man just bought a $21 million apartment in one of the buildings I own. A what? A $21 million. He bought seven apartments, a Japanese man. Wonderful man. He bought seven apartments, put them together. He's building a $21 million apartment. That's without the cost of construction, by the way. Plenty of money. I like them very much, but they laugh at us. They're laughing at this country and the way the country is being managed. And they should be laughing. Donald, they should be laughing. in a $3 million apartment, if you got apartment 3B, and 3A is hanging a picture. You wouldn't hear that in 3B, would you? Well, hopefully not in the kind of buildings I Okay, live. now it's just a little question from I someone. Know. Okay. I know. Okay, Ocean City, New Jersey. Hello. Yeah, Larry and uh, Donald, how are you doing? I uh, have a, a comment and a question, then I'll hang up and I'll listen. Go ahead. Uh, first off, I really, really enjoy having uh, Mr. Trump here. As a 32-year-old business person myself, I think he is a tremendous role model for young people like myself uh, that look at him and, and write down their goals and strive to be better. That's the comment. The question is, uh, I've always felt that NATO and, and West Germany, I mean, we have all those troops over there. I feel that they should pay their way. And then my second question is, and I'll hang up, is what other topic is near and dear to his heart? Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I agree with you on NATO. I agree with you on other countries. I don't want to single out Japan. I don't want to single out Saudi Arabia, but these are countries that people understand the kind of wealth we're talking about, and I will single them out, but there are many other countries and taking tremendous advantage of this, including NATO. If you look at the payments that we're making to NATO, they're totally disproportionate with everybody else's, and it's ridiculous. As far as other causes that are near and dear, yeah. this is the cause because if we can solve this, then we're able to take care of something that I consider to be ultimately of ultimate importance, and that is the homeless situation, that is the farmers, that is the sick. We don't have any money. We're going, this country is busted. And it's busted because we're doing things that we shouldn't be doing. If we had business ability in this country, we'd be making lots of profit, so-called surplus profit. And that profit, that money, could be going to defend our, and I literally mean defend our homeless and our poor and our sick and our farmers, and that's where we ought to be spending the money, not giving it to countries that don't give a damn for us to start off with. Give me a development forecast for the rest of the 80s, good or bad for well, buildings. I think it's going to be good in New York City. It's been bad in a lot of other places. It's going to get bad unless we do something about this horrible, horrendous uh, deficit. You cannot continue to lose $200 billion a year. It's going to be so bad that people will never, I, I, I really believe this could be much, much worse, unfortunately, than recession. This could be the step beyond. I hate, to, I hate to use the word depression, but if we don't solve the 200 billion a year loss, which is exactly what we have, this country is going to have some very, very serious problem in the early 1990s. One other thing, could the next presidency be a one-term presidency because of that? I think the next president of the United States could have some very, very, very serious problems. It's going to be, I think, a very difficult, it's going to be a very difficult presidency because of the problems that we're talking about right now. And you don't want it to be Donald Trump. I do not want it to be Donald Trump, but I do want the problems to be solved, Larry. Thanks, Donald. See you in New York. Thank you, Larry.